Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Sox. And I'm Lori Sox. Today kicks off the 2023 Awareness Campaign for the Disability Film Challenge, which we have participated in for the last nine years. We got in on the ground floor the second year. It's a 10-year-old festival. and um, Well, not the ground floor. It would be the second floor. We got, on, <laughs> we got in on the second floor. And I remember, <laughs> you know, this is what I remember about this festival, of what it, what it means really to my life. It was shortly after Liam turned four years old, and his fourth birthday was very challenging for me for many ways. I think we have an episode about birthdays. And I went to talk to my good friend, Mark Ballou because I wanted to do a documentary and he's a very talented actor and also assistant director. And we were talking and I remember I got really upset and I think he was the first person that I actually opened up to about the journey that, that was like outside of you or Mm -hmm. like really outside of you. And I remember being very upset to the point that I even left a Starbucks. Like I just could, have you ever oh, gotten, like walked out when you're talking to him? Well, I just, I was so embarrassed because I, I remember up until that point that I worked very hard to overcome challenges. I worked very hard to uh, break misperceptions. But part of that journey, which we've spoken about before is that you, you put this pressure on yourself to, not be whole, not present the whole story to, to be a certain way. Because I always felt like if I was sad, it would be attributed to the down syndrome. If I, Mm. if I was angry, there's the angry mom because her kid has down syndrome. It was always, it's like living in a Facebook post where like everyone's posts are just like, look at me all happy right now. Right. I guess so. But you can have ups and downs in a life, right? Well, it didn't feel, but I don't think it felt that way. And and I'm just getting to the point that I can have my ups and downs freely. But I, I, I felt like my ups and downs just held so much more weight. So I really am, am one being thankful and grateful and appreciative and having a different perspective really influences that. But also just in the real world, in order to combat those stares or offhand comments and things and challenges that we experienced. And at four, he had just been a year into the LAUSD school system. So there was a whole, while everybody else is enjoying preschool, I had been already fighting for my child to be seen as equal, able, worthy, (laughs) and you know, all of these things that everybody else takes for granted. So there was a lot of energy not my journey, because I, I love the, our journey that we've had, but in battling those challenges and also getting used to them. I'm a private person and getting used to people saying things to me and a whole school district telling me that my child uh, didn't 
deserve an education or should be placed, you know, in another far, far away from uh, even where his sister, (laughs) far away from his sister, not in his homeschool where he would see his sister every day and his sister would see him. It was a lot. It was a lot. Long story to get to this point where I was at a Starbucks and it was the first time I spoke about those challenges with somebody that wasn't in this community and wasn't on this journey. And I remember breaking down profoundly and profusely and so much so that I was so embarrassed that I left. And I remember him going, Lori, (laughs) and I couldn't, I just, it was too much emotion for me. And very shortly after that, he sent me an email because he had seen the disability film challenge advertised just very kindly and gently as something I might be interested in. And that was the first year that we made our film. And it was about Liam. It was called I Understand You because nobody ever thought Liam could understand what they were saying. So they'd say these things around him or they'd talk about him to me or they wouldn't talk to him. And so the first film was just Liam saying, I understand what you're saying, Sophia. And it was this, and it was romance, which is the Mm. first year that we participated. It was romance. That's right. And the prompt this year is romance. So nine years, it's full circle that we're, you know, we're looking back at it. But I just remembered that was the beginning. So I always, every time we do a film, I want to give a shout out to our good friend, Mark Ballou, because without him leading me to this direction, I mean, this has really been an evolution I feel of our journey because we're able to tell our story and there's something so empowering about telling your story because sometimes it's the first time we speak it. It could be the first time we say certain things or address certain things or have the courage to talk about or to create a visual. Uh, And it can be very cathartic and healing. I know to me, but when I see other people's stories, they heal me they I can identify with them so it was it was the beginning of all of that which I had no idea the very first time and the very first time we participated it was a 48 hour film challenge yeah now it's like five days yeah we so we had 48 hours to write shoot and edit and that was a beast that was yeah that was hard that was hard it was like all-nighters and stuff yeah. And then it's, but the, just like our journey has evolved, this festival has also evolved to now you have five days and. Oh, there's some fantastic films. So this year there's like 115 a films and that's a lot. Yeah. And this year it was a romance again, like you said, mm-hmm. which was an interesting subject, I think, because Liam just turned 13. So and <laughs> right? he's a teenager. Romance is, is a big thing in, in teenagers' lives. And it's a big thing in Liam's life too. I mean, he's feeling things, which is totally normal. It's definitely been a new chapter. The romance thing really came out around his birthday when, you know, there was one person that he wanted to invite that he had a crush on and his behavior was definitely different. The challenge for me is that some of the things that Liam's always done about like hugging or wanting people to sit next to him or, you know, different preferential and really things that we've addressed behavior wise from very early on, Liam would get in trouble for hugging people, but nobody would get in trouble for wanting a hug Mm -hmm. or, and that sends mixed messages. So now that he's a teenager, 
and that message hasn't been clear about boundaries. We're still, we're, we're working on that message about boundaries. We're working on how we ask for a, a hug or um, when that's appropriate behavior. And also when people, like it goes both ways for Liam. It's, he's never really gotten that from very early on. It was pretty much a one-way street and the rules only applied to him. Yeah. But you can't, you can't put the rule on Liam and then if nobody else around him behaves in the same That's way, then it's not sending the right message. So now he's 13 and now he's really having to learn why, you know, and we've really started to have those conversations about, hey, you have a crush on this person, right? Well, let's talk about what that means. And let's talk about that relationship because it is a different relationship. And when you say that those relationships don't get the same equity, I think you're right because there aren't very many films where an individual with Down syndrome is even... Is, it, oh, it isn't portrayed in like a, yeah, a loving relationship like it's, that. Yeah. It's just not something. So it's been very new for us and... You know, I look forward to having that conversation uh, with a couple of our friends and really delving into the different ways to approach it because Liam will say, hey, I like her. And here's the thing, though. We've always talked about like the thing about Liam's love is that it is without pretense and without ulterior motive. And there's like a freedom like Liam will tell you, hey, are you OK? And he'll comfort you. Well, the thing about being a teenager is that doesn't work for teenagers because it's all about being cool when you're a teenager, right? Like you don't, you don't show your cards. You have a crush and inside you're like, you know, I, I'm I, not going to say anything. Right? You're not You don't really mm -hmm. say stuff. You don't like just see the person you have a crush on on day one and be like, Hey, I like you come sit next to me. But Liam doesn't have pretense. So he's like, why wouldn't we? And the truth is, why aren't we more open? Why aren't, why don't we tell people how we feel? But in this world, that's just not something we do. So it becomes a challenge. And it's so many different things, you know, when we talk about romance and relationships. And you talked about the mixed messages too. I mean, I don't think anybody in our family has been asked if, can I give you a hug more than Liam has been asked by anybody out in the world. People we don't know. No, yeah. I mean, students too. Uh, but yeah, it, so that kind of gives a mixed message of... This is just what we do. Let me tell you what I want. And then he says, I'll, let me tell you. And it's like, oi. And then it's different, yeah. right? It's different. So the, the importance is really telling our stories. Romance is definitely in Liam's wheelhouse. And so this year, we wanted to tell that story. And we wanted to tell it in a way that, because I feel like Liam has the same, Liam may have different approaches than his sister had or has to romance and love, but the story's the same for everyone. Everyone feels love and then you have the story that unfolds. But, you know, in our advocacy for Liam, we've tried to approach it with an openness of we'll see you know, we learned that from Maison. We'll see. We don't know. We don't know anything. That's one thing I am certain of. We, I mean, and it's not just about what Liam's journey is. Like most of life is unknown. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to Liam in every stage and every milestone from coming home to learning 
to sit up or eat or walk or talk or go to school or be in an inclusive classroom. Challenges that he has had in the education system and now being in a classroom, I think it's totally different. And I think it's pretty cool because it's because Liam is in an inclusive classroom with peers and he's treated as equal that Liam sees himself as equal, which is what we want which is what everybody should feel. And it shouldn't be, but I shouldn't, I actually feel weird saying that because I shouldn't have to say, no. hey, Liam sees himself as equal because yes. I don't say that to you mm-hmm. and you don't, and, or me, or, you know, it's like, that's just part, he has his place and he feels that. And I see that he feels it and he shouldn't question his place in a, with his peers. He shouldn't question his value. He shouldn't question any of that. And, and I love that. As far as I can tell, he belongs and he has that feeling of belonging. He totally belongs. And I feel like he feels the belonging. Oh, yeah. I mean, just his birthday party and having that group of friends. And I think that it's just that environment at Citizens of the World is a very inclusive equitable environment for everyone and so there's this vibe of it's just inclusion it's it's amazing and it's not we know Sophia didn't experience it in the Los Angeles Unified School District because it's it's just not something that's created it's it's not encouraged it's not the culture it's not the culture and it is inclusion is a culture and it's in that inclusive environment that it changes how stories are told. It changes the story of Liam's birthday party. That's a different story than he's ever experienced in all of his years before. Now it's a new story. And that is the power of inclusion. And it also gives a freedom like I in a non-inclusive environment, we are bound to the misperceptions and misconceptions that are there because those are the ones that are really being calcified. They're being hardened and cemented. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't move Mm -hmm. beyond them. Whereas once there's inclusion and we're starting to feel there's an openness of possibility. And that's the story we wanted to tell. Not, bound within any constraint of uh, perception or a conceptualization of what a relationship should look like for someone who has Down syndrome or if they should have a relationship. I mean, our community, we're breaking free of these constraints. And a lot of breakthroughs are now at the foundation that are stepping stones. But I think we have to keep reaching and stepping we've had some people go before and just create some really great work of the voices and education and uh, belonging and place and placement. And especially with social media, seeing our community out in the world. And, and I have to tell you, you had mentioned that there's 115 films and give all the other films a watch because it's just like, it's, you know, there's stories being told. And here's the great thing about the stories being told is because people who live within the confines of that restricted point of view of what disability and more specifically for us, Down syndrome is, they have that 
point of view because of the stories they've seen or have been told. So when they see different stories, they're given the opportunity to change their mind. And we're given the opportunity to change the narrative and create another step. You know, I think it's about being open to a change. Being open to a story that is just, <laughs> is open. Yeah. It's, we wanted to tell a story about Liam, who has a crush on a girl at school. And we told that story in the most accurate way possible. And the one thing about Liam is he has all the feelings. And you were saying earlier, when it comes to Down syndrome, or in our experience, what we've experienced is all those feelings, that array of feelings, they're not really something that people apply to our son, but he has all of those feelings. He has crushes. He gets his feelings hurt. He gets his hopes up. He gets determined. I mean, there's, there's all of that. And that's really what we wanted to show. We wanted to show just a story of a boy who has a crush and wants to ask a girl to a dance. I feel like Liam's emotions should be seen as completely age-appropriate emotions. I often feel like if anyone's aware, if people are aware of, of a feeling he has, it can be kind of, oh, okay, you know, like... Uh, Just like my hope for him to be in an inclusive classroom. Yeah, yeah? it would be like, like oh, okay. okay, you know, That's like... nice. Not... It's not only just not taken seriously, it's it's like, well, is he capable of... Dismissed? Yeah, maybe it was dismissed. That, that, that's not for him. Because very early on, that was one of the things that we were... To, oh, well, he's not going to oh, get... Oh, yeah. He's not going to get married. I don't blame people for kids. feeling these reasons. So let's... Hey, yeah, that's what we were told early on. You don't blame people on. for feeling that? Well, I don't blame people for feeling it because that's what we're told. That's what, you know, society's oh, told. you're not so, talking about society. I thought you meant for other people in society. No, if people feel one way about, oh, I don't... Well, can Liam... Can I expect that? Yeah. But you're also, you know, we're also, can we expect our child to be in an inclusive classroom? Can we expect our child to drive a car or go to college or hold a job? And when we hear a story of someone holding a job and driving themselves to their job, you go, oh, okay, that is is possible. possible. So keep telling your stories. It's uh, obviously specific to us as Down syndrome, but this festival has told so many stories in so many different parts of disability. It shows that everyone should be open to the maximum possibility for every human. What we wanted to do today is to say, hey, we made this film because it's for the last nine years we've made films, and our films are a reflection of whatever we're going through at the time, whatever challenges. They usually, that's what we speak on. We speak on whatever is on our mind. And when it came to romance, we just happened to be going, Liam is 13 and we're going through puberty. We're going through crutches. We're, we're experiencing all of those things and we are navigating them with a great support system that actually has discussions with us on how to empower our son, on how to give him the support that he needs to know that, you know what, when you were like eight and nine and even 10, this was okay. But now that you're a teenager and that That's the conversation that I have with them. I say, now that you're a teenager, you're a young man, some of those behaviors are no longer appropriate and they send a different message. So before when you had, he had uh, a little friend and, you know, he would, that he loved, you know, so he'd be like, sit here or he'd want to hug her. And that was like, people would be, oh, that's fine. Cause he's, you know, in 
third grade or, you know, eight years old. And, but now that he's 13, I'm like, one, you have to play it cool and give them space because everybody's changing and feeling different things. And you, you want your friends to be comfortable. You know, you don't want them to, to feel uncomfortable. So you give them space. So these are the conversations that I'm, I'm having with him now because he is a teenager, but he, we ha he has the support system and the adults around him in school that say that also support him on the same message. It's just so important that the message is, is clear and it's not something that Liam has to feel bad about. It's not something that is wrong. It's just, oh, we just shifted. You know, you're feeling lots of different things right now. And I don't know, like maybe someone out there who has like a 20 year old who's already been through this can say, oh yeah, well this worked or that didn't work or this was a challenge. We don't know that yet because we're, this is called if we knew then, but I will tell you in five <laughs> years what worked and what didn't. But going through it right now, all I can say is that we have everybody on board with the same message to him. And it's not a message of you're doing something wrong or that's not for you or you can't feel that. It's not just about don't do that, which is really the the way it kind of worked at his other school was don't, but not a why. Mm -hmm. It's more of an explanation of now we're a young man and I was real with Liam and said, I, you have a, you like her. I understand that. You have a crush. I understand that. And we talk about it just like I talked with Sophia and he's probably feeling the same way where he's like, oh, mom. <laughs> well, that not talking about it and just saying no or stop, that seems rooted in like misperceptions of that feeling or the action he's having is shouldn't even be had. Yeah, but also I think you're right. It's also like not, it's not connected to a, an actual feeling when you say that his feeling, oh, you yeah. said taken seriously yeah. or what I was trying to say that's what you like, were saying yeah. they're not they're not, not legitimate or yeah, yeah no and mature. I mature so we're trying a different way we're really trying a different way and I really think that Liam enjoyed uh, making this film because I I think that he um he felt seen I think that yeah. he felt like his story like this he was the most first of all his speech is, is coming in lovely. Mm -hmm. And he participated because I think that this is his story. And I think it was an opportunity for him to understand that his parents see him and, and acknowledge that he's having these feelings and thoughts. And we hope you watch it because there's some really great moments where it's like, you know, it's five minutes long, you know, and when you're filming something, you don't necessarily see until you go back and look at all your coverage. But when he gets caught looking and the girl like looks back at him and smiles, the look on his face is just so wonderfully just to see him just be there. And he got caught and he, but he's, he's smiling like at a pretty girl. Feelings. Yeah. It's just him smiling because there's a girl that he has a crush on. Thinks he's cute. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was fun to tell the story because like everything else, I just wanted it to be driven by this is Liam's story. And Liam does have Down syndrome and he has an extra chromosome, which is a, such a beautiful part of who he is and gives him such beautiful characteristics that, I mean, I learn from and I treasure. I treasure who he is as a human. I don't know the way other families work. But in our house, at least once a day, probably several times a day, 
I'll just look at Liam and it sparks an I love you fest of just, I love you and you're pretty amazing. And then Sophia will chime in, but then it gives me the opportunity to say, Sophia, I love you and you're pretty amazing. And Stephen, I love you and you're pretty amazing. That's just a gift of who he is because, and it's not like I'm look. I think you can, I think you can understand what I'm saying. I'm not looking at him going, Oh, I love you. And this, I just look at him in awe of his presence. I always have. He's present. He's so present at all times. And those moments where I stop and I'm present with him are just these gifts. And I've learned to acknowledge them out loud, to just claim them for my own. And so making this film, I wanted to honor that, that boy. I also want to say that just telling his story as a family, I think not only supports him, but it fortifies us as a family in, in, in our story. You know, to tell your story and tell Liam's story is one thing, but Liam's contributing and we're all telling it as a family together. And that's got to bring us together. That's got to make Liam feel heard in his family, obviously, but heard and confident in his story. And this might not be a story that other people know. So it can change the narrative and open doors and open minds to seeing individuals with Down syndrome as being equal and whole. And it feels so weird to say that because Liam is equal and whole. But, you know, the reality is that's not necessarily what everyone's perception is. You know, the story is about love. And it's uh, about the fact that Liam is surrounded by love and sees love everywhere. And because of that, he wants to experience it for himself. And it's my hope, whatever he, whatever he chooses in life, that he gets to write his story and he gets to do it the way he wants to do it. And any limits that are there in his life are not because of a misperception of who he is based on the presence of a chromosome any limits that he has, I hope are just choices that he's made. I choose not to go to college. I choose not to drive a car. I choose not to get married. If those are things that he chooses, and he does because it's what he wants to do, not because someone tells him that he cannot do these things or have these things for his own life. I want him to know that he has the power to create his life. I want to empower him to the best of my ability as a mother to know that. It's the same thing we do for Sophia. We tell her all the time. You choose how you respond to life. Maybe not the situation, but how you respond to it. And you create your life. You know what you want. And then you keep moving forward to creating that. And that's just all I want for my son as well, to know that he has that same power in himself. And the truth is, it doesn't matter what other people think he can or cannot do. It doesn't matter how people see him, though we'd like to change any misperceptions. What matters is how he sees him, how he feels about himself. So we hope you watch this film. It's five minutes, and we hope you share it because it's important to put our stories out there. I like happy stories. 
filled with possibility. <laughs> I do. I do. I love, I love happy stories. I know that life will give us the sad stories and those, those have their power too. And all the feelings are valid, but sometimes I just like something that makes me smile. And one of the things that were on our list of goals when creating this was we just wanted to make a five minute film that put some love in the world and made people smile. So we hope we did that. I'm really thankful to the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge because without their avenue that they've created, so many of these stories wouldn't be told and heard. So there'll be a, a link on our website, but you can also go to yesnomaybefilm.com and see the film. And there'll be a link there to all the rest of the films as well. And then next year, make your own film. Tell your story. It's important. And it's beautiful. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Come and talk.